Praise the Lord. Okay, water baptism. Just real brief, I want to explain to you a little bit. Uh, and, and when we go down to do that, the guys are going to set some chairs out there. I'd like the church to be there to support those that are being water baptized because it is a it is an event in their life. It's monumental. It's a declaration of what they believe in their heart and they've confessed with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's a it's a do it's um a reenactment of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, and I can already tell we're not going to be needing these notes. And that it's it's a a duplication of that. It's it's you're reenacting because Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again in newness of life. And that's what happens to you. You rise again in newness of life, and then you walk that life out because that life belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to you anymore. Jesus is Lord of your life. And, and, and I can say that to everybody here. Jesus is Lord of your life. And if he isn't, I would encourage you to get born again because once you get born again, that is, that is your opportunity to have all the blessings that God has given the church. Amen. Once you're born again, that not only gives you the eternal life that you're going home for, but it gives you victory in this life right now. You have healing in this life right now. You have everything. And you hear me say this all the time. But I think we don't get it because we live in this this world that we see everything going on all the time that's not God. And so we have to keep renewing our mind to the fact that God has sent Jesus Christ so that we can be given everything that pertains to life and godliness. We have been given it all. <laughs> you may not think that if your car is going to break down, or you may not think that if you're if you're um, you're dealing with a sickness and a disease. But Jesus paid the price for everything. He paid the price for everything. Everything you have, say I have, I been, have. Given been given everything. That pertains to life and godliness. It's mine right now in Jesus' name. Okay, so when a person is born again, you know, you've heard me say on there, you heard me say that, that um, Jesus, Jesus leads you, the Holy Spirit, excuse me, the Holy Spirit leads you to Jesus. And then Jesus leads you to the Holy Spirit. So the first time when the Holy Spirit leads you to Jesus, that's that's the, a baptism. That's a baptism that's baptized by the Holy Spirit, even though there's nothing that goes on at that point in time. The next time, then when you accept Jesus as Lord at that point in time, then there's the water baptism that takes place as a declaration of what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. The next one then that you've heard me talk about is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, every... <laughs> All of it belongs to the church, even though the church has cut off right after being water baptized. All of it belongs to the church because the church is designed and set up. God has set it up. He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross and to take everything. Jesus did a wonderful thing. He took it all and nailed it to the cross. But at the same, the other thing that Jesus did, he says, I got to go. I can't be here for each one of you. I can't do it, but the Holy Spirit can come. And the Holy Spirit can come and help each one of you. That's why he's the helper, the intercessor, the standby, the strengthener. He leads you and guides you into all truth, and he shows you things to come. 
So the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the next phase after that. And some of you probably already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think you have back there. Uh, um, you too, all of you, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So um, if you're born again and you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's important. Water baptism does not mean, if you, if you aren't water baptized, that doesn't mean um, that you, uh, accepting Jesus as Lord and being born again gets you to heaven. Water baptism will not do that. Water baptism doesn't do that. The blood of Jesus does that, gets you born again. The blood of Jesus delivers you. The blood of Jesus delivers you. Amen? Water baptism, all it does is it's a declaration of what you have been given or declaration of what you have believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth. It's a reenactment. That's the word I was looking for. Reenactment, reenactment of what Jesus did. So, so when you are out there being water baptized, we'll have you get on your, your knees and, and we'll, we'll take you under total immersion. Total immersion. So you want to plug your nose, of course. But total immersion. immersion. And then, so that signifies the same thing, that Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, and then he rose up again. So when you come out, when you come out of that, uh, when you raise are raised up of that water, just know it's it's to signify the same thing, that that water is coming off of you just like the sin came off of when you, when you accepted Jesus as Lord. See, when, that, when you go experience that, that experience sticks in your mind, and you will have that always as a declaration of who you are and what you have done and what you have said and what you believed in your heart. You're declaring it. You're declaring it publicly. You're declaring it publicly, and hopefully in front of all these people that were going to come and watch you, you're making a declaration that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Jesus has saved me, and I'm going to walk in line with his word. I'm going to walk in line with what he's done for me, and I'm going to... See, I've been bought, I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus saves me. The blood of Jesus delivers me. I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. I don't live my life only to serve him. I don't live my life, but it's only to obey him. My life is just to be here to, to do what God has called me to do. Anything beside that is my flesh wanting its way. And there's a lot of flesh. I'm not saying flesh in here. <laughs> there's a lot of flesh manifesting everywhere in this earth. Amen? And people need Jesus. They need Jesus. And they need people like us to tell them about Jesus. They need people like us to tell them there's more than just getting born again. You have the ability to receive the person of the Holy Spirit and walk in the power that is yours. Power. Power. And you know the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you? Do you know that? The same power that raised Jesus from the grave or from the dead dwells in you. Think about that. Meditate on that. That same power is in you if you've accepted Jesus as Lord. If you are born again and you're walking in that power, that same power walks in you. You have no, there is no need to back off and sit down and not approach a person that needs help. There's no need to back off. You have the power of the Holy Spirit resident within you. 
And if you have that, you have the ability to help people get born again. You have the ability to tell people they don't have to live in a drunken stupor 24-7. You have the ability to tell them there is a way out. Jesus is that way out. They don't have to live like that anymore. They don't have to be on drugs. They don't have to live like that. They don't have to look at pornography. They don't have to do sexual sin. They don't have to do that because the blood of Jesus has paid the price, set them free, and delivered them from all of it. Every bit of it. I don't care what sin you're dealing with. You have already been delivered from it. Amen? Already been delivered. I mean, think about that. Think about that. I don't care... I don't care what sin it is. It can be a nothing or it can be a major. God doesn't see any different. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. And if you're walking in it, you need to get out of it. Otherwise, it's going to be like a ball and chain. And you're trying to go over here and serve Jesus by telling them about Jesus. And you're dragging this ball and chain, this sin thing with you. And you're trying to tell them about Jesus. And they'll, what about that sin you, I saw you in last week? What about that? What about that? I, I would be so convicted if I tried to tell somebody about Jesus and I knew I was in, in, I was in sin. Matter of fact, I, I, I wouldn't even be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to do it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be able to do it. I would be so convicted. And that's what we're going to talk about, the witness of the Spirit next week. I, I had time prepping, prepping that and I was doing this as well. But maybe we could go to one scripture verse. Let's see here. Um, Matthew, let's look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Hmm. Okay, um, stop me by a poor chill, okay? Matthew 28. I already got two scripture verses, but we're all right. We'll get them. Matthew 28. It says, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, baptizing them. And then if you look at Mark 16, that's Mark 16. If I'm going too fast, write them down because I tend to go fast. Mark 16, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. There's churches out there that tell people unless they're baptized, they're going to hell. You can be born again and never water baptized and you're still going to go to heaven. Amen? You can be. Okay? If you look at the interlinear Bible, it reads, the one believing and being baptized will be saved. The one believing and being baptized will be saved. And then it goes on, it has been baptized, shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved doesn't say anything there about water baptism. The one who has, been, who has disbelieved shall be condemned. It's talking about believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. It's not talking about the water baptism. That's just a public display of what you believe. Amen? Amen. So, But a lot of churches put that bondage on people and say if they're not, if, if they're born again, they have to be water baptized or they're not born again. That's baloney. It's just a bunch of baloney. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know where that came from. Anyway, <laughs> I don't talk about baloney. Um, anyway, <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I want us to go to uh, Romans. I think it's Romans. Um, Romans 6, please. And, and I get three minutes. Romans 6. Romans 6. 
Um, mm. I wanted to read this out of the Amplified. Um, so, um, starting with starting with verse three. What? Oh, good. Have I got more time? Eleven thirty-five. Oh my goodness, we got time for the whole thing. <laughs> right? Isn't that right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Somebody switched the clock around. Was that intentional? Okay. Romans six, three. Start with three, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. And um, it says, are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Verse 4, and remember this is amplified. We were buried, therefore, with him by the baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. That's we're supposed to live and behave in newness of life. We're supposed to live in that newness of life. Verse 5, for if we have become one with him by sharing a death like his, we shall also be one with him in sharing his resurrection by a new life lived for God. We know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross. Okay, you were nailed to the cross. You were nailed to the cross, okay? We know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him, with Jesus, when he was nailed to the cross, everything, everything was nailed to the cross. With him in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be the slaves of sin. The minute you accepted Jesus as Christ, you became a slave to God and not a slave to sin. That makes sense? Okay. Verse 7, for when a man dies, he is freed, he's loosed, he's delivered from the power of sin. And when did you die? The minute you accepted Jesus as Lord, okay? So sin has no control over you. And if it wants to tell you it has control over you, you tell it it doesn't have control, and you tell it to go in Jesus' name. You use your authority. Use your authority, and you use the name of Jesus, and you tell it, get out of here in Jesus' name. You tell it to go in Jesus' name, and you don't do it wimpy, (laughs) You don't do it wimpy. It's not. Devil, would you go? Would you get out of here, please? What? <laughs> so you, you, you use your authority and you use the name of Jesus. I mean, if you had a hog, you've heard me use this example. If you had a hog that was dirty, muddy, and he came in your house, do you think you'd go, Mr. Hog, please, somebody get the door. Go, 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 go. Would you do it that way? I raised on a farm. No, I don't do it that way. You know, you get your stick. You get your stick and you ha- you say, go, get out of here. And you chase it as far as it will go. And even if it stops outside the door, tell it to go further. It doesn't have a right. Amen? Okay, so where were we? Um, uh, now, if we've died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Verse 8. So, so you have to believe that. You have to believe you're going to live with him. Amen? Verse 9, because we know that Christ, the anointed one, being once raised from the dead, will never die again. Amen? Will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. Does death have power over you? 
No, no, no. We've been freed from that. It doesn't even have a sting. Death doesn't even have a sting anymore. We've been set free from that. Amen? Verse 10, for by the death he, for by the death he died, he died to sin, ending his relation to it. So the minute he died, sin died. I mean, he had no more relation to it. Once for all, and the life that he lives, he is living to God in unbroken fellowship with him. Verse 11, even so consider yourselves also dead to sin and your relation to it broken, but that you are alive to God, living in unbroken fellowship with him in Christ Jesus, living in unbroken fellowship, unbroken fellowship. That's why it's important to have a relationship, have time with the Lord, your prayer time, your word time. It's important because in that time you're gaining strength. And you're gaining, um, um, your spirit man is getting stronger and stronger and stronger because you're doing that. Just because you came and sat here this morning, you're gaining strength because you're hearing the word of God. Amen? And, and worship. I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, putting worship on the back seat. But verse 12, let not sin therefore rule as king in your mortal short-lived perishable bodies to make you yield to their cravings and be subject to their lusts and evil passions. Do not continue offering or yielding your bodily members and faculties to sin as instruments, tools of wickedness, but offer and yield yourselves to God as though you have been raised from the dead to perpetual life and your bodily members and faculties to God, presenting them as implements of righteousness. See, you are an implement of righteousness. You're no longer one of sin. And so your mind is, is, is renewed to that fact, or it should be being renewed to that fact, that sin has no place in your body anymore. It has no place following you, has not a right. Because who you are in Christ, Jesus is who, who you are. Who you have become, old things have passed away, new things have come. Well, the new things is something that we need to find out that has come for each one of us. The new things. Healing is one. But there's a lot of new things that have come. And those are the things we need to walk in. We walk in those things. We walk in newness of life. And do you know when you walk in newness of life, the more you walk in the newness of life that God has given you, the more life you have to give away. Remember we talked two weeks about freely receive, freely give. Okay, so if I'm full of life, I'm going to dump it over here because this person has a need. But then I need to get in fellowship with the Lord and get filled, get myself filled back up, strengthened, pray in tongues, whatever I need to do to fill myself up that way. And, and don't kid yourself, I can tell when I'm, I'm, I need to do that. So it's really important. So baptism is a declaration of what you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. You are, you are immersed, totally immersed, and then you raised up in newness of life. So when you're raised up in newness of life, that's who you are. That's who you are. Sin has no place. Sin has no place. Just picture it as you're raised up out of that water, that sin. I mean, actually, you are born again and the sin, sin nature is gone. But if you, have, if you need to picture that sin no more a part of you, you can picture the water running off of you as the sin running off. You understand what I'm saying? It's, 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 um, it's not water baptism that got rid of the sin. It's the blood of Jesus that got rid of the sin. You understand what I'm saying? It's just a picture. It's a picture and a, and, and that you're going to be able to carry with you the whole time because of the water baptism. You're going to be able to carry that in your thinking. I died, I was buried, and I rose again to newness of life. Amen? 
Amen. Okay. Well, that's it in a in a quick. <laughs> anyway, maybe for another time. This was good notes. I mean, really. Let's see. Is there anything we missed? <laughs> Well, you, you know, we could tie this in with, we've been studying Acts, and there's a lot of places in Acts where the people, you know, you can look at Acts 19, where the people had, had been baptized. They had heard the word, they had been baptized, and, and had, um, but they had not heard there was the Holy Spirit to receive yet. So a lot of people were still hearing that part. Makes you think of, of where we are today. People have not heard the person, the Holy Spirit, who's he? You know what I mean? That's exactly what they'll say. Who's he? And so now you've got a lot of things you can share with them. The person of the Holy Spirit is very important to have right now, especially. The witness of the Spirit is very important to have right now, right now, so that you can be led and, and into all truth, so you can be shown things to come. The witness of the Spirit is so important. We're going to talk about that more next week because I, th- that that and the uh, it was the witness of the Spirit and, and just understanding the baptism of the, uh, the water baptism. But the witness of the Spirit, the Lord was talking to me about that, that that's important. <clears throat> that, that Evidently, I need to gird you up a little bit in that because that's how we're led. That's how we're going to be led. And... and um, Dennis, we were, I was just out there with the little ones, and we were just talking about, you know, and I said this a long time ago, you know, the church in China, the way they know how to meet. And I'm not saying that's where we're going. I, I, I don't believe that's the time frame we're in. But the church in China, the only way they know where they're going to meet is by the Spirit. By the Spirit. That's the only way they know. So that's why it's important that we have a witness of the Spirit. We can hear what he's saying and what we need to do to get there. Amen. But I don't believe that's the time frame we're in. I, I, I've shared with you, I believe that a lot of these people are coming from other countries. The Lord was talking to me about that. I believe they're coming from other countries to get saved, to get born again, and they're going to run to their nations and get their nations saved. I believe that's what's happening. So we're, we're being equipped, we're being taught, we're being shown what to do and what to say and how to get them born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit. They can get born again and run to their nations. That's why there's, it's so important. Missionaries, they go, they go, they have a hunger to go and they're, and they're born again, but they don't go in any power. So a lot of times they, they succumb to the culture they're around or they're not walking in the power, but that's the difference. The church needs to walk in the power. Amen.